Tennessee 94th in returning uh, production. And just on the surface, you would say, holy Hannah, that's going to be one terrible offense. But this seems to be one of those exceptions. Would you agree with that? Well, I think it's an exception. Here's what I would do. More importantly than that, what's the production coming back from the Iowa game? Oh. Nico, Sampson. Yeah. So I'd I'd look more at that than I would the season-long production. So – uh, that would that would catch my attention more. Also, you've got most of your offensive linemen coming back. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't bother me as much that they're losing that much production. I think that's probably overstated or overrated uh, because of the, um, the number of um, uh, players coming back from a successful Citrus Bowl against Iowa. Yeah, I think uh, Jimmy's uh, phone is blown up because somebody else wants him to talk about the balls. The guy just can't retire. It, I feel like Adam Schefter. He, he's <laughs> on ESPN. Next thing you know, he's getting a bunch of phone calls. Yeah, that's all he's doing. Same phone calls. So, yeah. Uh, Take off, Caleb. What do you got? Yeah. So, Jimmy, it's funny you bring that up because Tennessee is number ninety-four in production. It's because they're number one hundred seven in returning offensive production. But Bill Collin, Bill Connolly acknowledged that. 24% of offensive production is quarterback passing yards. So if you just added tw- if you just added 24%, Tennessee's offensive production would be so much higher at that point. I mean, I'm doing the math in my head, funny enough, and I'm just looking at it and I'm thinking that they would be you're talking about 68% at that point and returning production alone, and that would put them in the top 35. So they're from 94 to 35. They return a lot everywhere else, and the point I the point I thought of is, eleven of the twelve teams they play next year are actually below them in returning production. Really? Yes, huh. eleven of the twelve teams they play next year are below them in returning production, and so the this is a very I believe in the value of returning production. I do. For Tennessee, this is a very skewed stat because everybody yeah. who has a set of eyes knows that Tennessee is about to get an upgraded quarterback. Yeah, that's a good word, skewed. I was saying yes. overrated and all that, but it's skewed because, yeah, the quarterback play is going to be better. Uh, I think Sampson is going to be a really good player, uh, in particular if he can improve in We've heard protection. that for two years now, so, you know. Selden. <laughs> well, and Wright wasn't that good initially. Jalen Wright wasn't very good initially. Remember, he got benched uh, after the LSU game because he couldn't protect uh, a Hooker, and he got better at it. So, uh, you know, we, I think I think the the offense will be here, here's to try to quantify it. They averaged 46 points two years ago. Last year they averaged 32. I see him back in that 38 to 40 point range this year. Y'all may see higher, but that's about what I'm seeing for their average. No, I I would agree. I think they approached the the hooker year numbers in 2022. But let's I think we all well not me or not you, Jimmy, but I thought Jalen Hyatt was a product of the system. It turns out he can run faster than a Porsche. So um, I may have uh, undervalued him a little bit, but I still think they can get close to those 2022 numbers with with Nico and what they've got. Do you? Well, uh, yeah, again, they average 46. I think now they'll average 38 to 40, which is basically – a touchdown more than they average under Milton, a touchdown less than they average under Hendon Hooker. But you know what? 38 to 40 points a game is pretty darn good. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, the 46, they may never do that again. That's a school record. So if you get to 38 to 40 uh, with uh, Tennessee's schedule, I think that's a very, very productive offense. I agree. Portions of the program and uh, Jimmy's appearance today brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the fire opals, the Tennessee tradition, rickterryjewelry.com, rickterryjewelry.com. Check them out. It's almost Valentine's Day. Don't mess this up. Okay. Don't mess it up. It's almost Valentine's Day. So go ahead and go to rickterryjewelry.com. Jimmy, when you look at the players in the secondary, I'm going to give you three options, and if you could rate mm-hmm. them for me. One, just not talented enough. Two, just not coached well enough by their position coach. Or three, put in a bind because Tim Banks likes to blitz a lot and likes to use unique defensive fronts with twists and stunts that can oftentimes lead to a bust. If you had to rate those three as far as Tennessee's issues in the secondary, how would you rate them? I would go with number two, that they're just not coached well enough. And part of that is look at some of the other schools that wanted some of these defensive backs or look at where they came from. Um, I mean, you you got one guy from Alabama, a guy came in from Auburn, you got a guy that came in from Ohio State. Um, So – and – and I remember Caleb, I believe at the start of the year, really liked Jordan Matthews to contribute, a highly rated defensive back. What did he do? So I, I – and then and Gibson started playing some more. I think they've got some pretty good athletes back there that uh, that didn't necessarily get the job done, in part because of coaching, uh, a little bit of confusion back there, who's guarding whom. Uh, Banks does put him on an island with his blitzes. I get that. But – I, I think the bigger issue is that I don't think they were they were coached well enough. Let me, let me ask you, um, if, if I can, what was your impression of Willie Martinez when he was hired? Because he's been a longtime SEC coach. Mm-hmm. But I also – I thought he was a better SEC coach, to be real honest with you. And I'm I'm curious, your impressions of him coming in – is this a situation where maybe he's just challenged as a coach in general, or is this a situation where he's coming down towards the end of his career? Um, how, how? Why do you think he hasn't coached at a higher level? I thought he was average when he was here under Butch Jones. Okay. And I think he's average now. I just think he's an average coach. So, um, I, I – and I don't want to bash on him too much because I, I, I like the guy, you know, but I, I just – I don't think he's getting it done. I think the results are indicative of that. And Tennessee's pass defense wasn't very good. And it wasn't because the quarterbacks had eight seconds to throw the football. Tennessee was among the SEC leaders in sacks. They were among the SEC leaders in quarterback pressures. And so it wasn't like quarterbacks had all day, all the time to throw the football, and, and, and it was – they were to blame. Uh, I just I, – I don't – I think there were some communication issues – I don't know if it's technique, fundamental issues, or what it was. I just, I just didn't like the way they perform, and I think they have more talent than what they display. Great, Caleb. Yeah. So, Jimmy, is is this kind of a? I wondered this because Willie Martinez is there. Tim Banks actually comes from the same philosophy that Bob Shoup came from, who we remember Butch Jones hired um, mm-hmm. uh, in. Tw- 2016 
is this kind of uh, is there a philosophy that these people come out of which was they were kind of early adapters of the nickel defense before it kind of became widespread and their philosophy was rather than coach defensive backs up we'll just have an extra defensive back and that's kind of the way they that's kind of the way they approach it and well, maybe I remember Bob, Bob Shoup has fallen off. Yeah, so Shoup comes in, and they play Florida, and Florida's got, I don't know, whatever, 63 yards to go to get a touchdown, and he's not even in a prevent defense. How stupid is that? Yeah. And, and Shoup's a smart guy. Well, what the heck were you thinking? So yeah, I, that I, was ridiculous. I, I just see some dumb decisions back there with what they do in the secondary. And so, yeah, now, now it's also interesting. I was of the theory that, hey, if you play a nickelback all the time, it's going to hurt your run defense. Well, Tennessee's run defense ranked among the best in the SEC. So it didn't hurt them there. Now, maybe that's a tribute to the personnel up front, the front four, the front six, Rodney Garner, whatever. But Tennessee did a really nice job of stopping the run uh, without much help from the secondary. When the secondary made tackles, where was it? Five, six, eight yards down from the line of scrimmage. You know, if you got defensive backs making tackles at the line of scrimmage or two-yard gain, okay, that's one thing. That's not what I saw. I also saw some very inept attempts at tackles by, you know, Kamel Haddon against Florida and stuff like that. So, I just – overall, I just I, – I, the the five defensive backs, I don't know that I think uh, – you may be right, Caleb, about the, the philosophy there with uh, – well, we just put another defensive back out there. But I, as far as the secondary is concerned, to me, that has not worked. 